yeah, a God who hears my title today because I don't want to waste too much time and I do have too much to say anyway. Uh, the miracle of hearing. And I actually, as I was working on this and preparing this, I, I really realized, and it's one miracle, we're going to eventually get to the story, but in this one miracle, there actually are two miracles or two, two aspects to this one person's story. And so I am going to be splitting this up in that this week is going to be about hearing and next week is going to be about speaking. And they are absolutely connected and related. And, uh, and we'll get to that. But uh, we have a God who hears and desires to hear us. We have a God that desires for us to hear him, that as he created us, we see this even with Adam in the garden, that there's, there's an aspect that God did not just have this moment of his desire to be heard, but in walking with Adam, and Adam knows the voice of God. Adam, he recognizes in this story that we see that there, there's a recognition that Adam knew what God sounded like. How beautiful is that? And God would know Adam that it's a relationship, it's a back and forth, it's a connection, it's not just one way road in the situation. And I thought about how much God created us as we encounter the story, as Jesus encounters a deaf man, will be in Mark chapter seven, verse 31. And Jesus himself, God in the flesh, the son of God walking the earth, encounters a deaf man, a man who is intended and created to hear, but now cannot hear. And in verse 31 of Mark chapter seven, it says, Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the 10 towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. This man was inflicted in a way contrary to God's creation. God had created this man to hear. And yet here is a situation that the man was deaf. As I read this story, I don't know why it's taken so long. My wife and I have been married for over 20 years and my wife comes from a family of deafness. My wife spoke sign language before she spoke any words because both of her parents are deaf. And this story was, was really standing out. This is, this is her life that, that she has had. I, I, I almost rather that she would be up here preaching this message, but it would also be very tender to the heart. And, and even as I process certain things, it makes me a little emotional. She was reminding me of a story when she was in junior high and her family, they're in Louisiana at her grandparents' house and her, her family had asked her to sing a Christmas song. Even back then, my, my wife and I basically, let me also uh, clarify something. My wife is the one that was up here singing for those of you that don't know, <laughs> in case there's anybody that doesn't know. And, um, and my wife she starts singing a Christmas song in front of her, all, all of her family and at the end of the song, she looks over to see her mom crying. And as a young girl goes over to say, mom, why are you crying? But here she was singing such a beautiful song, but it has a mom who cannot hear her. And the emotions of that moment, her mom who had, had a, an illness as a young child and lost her hearing and could not hear anything whatsoever. And a father who could hear very limited noises and sounds 
because of a similar situation. And then at some point in our relationship and our life, and, and, you know, we had John Smithwick here not too long ago, and he was even sharing stories. And, and even, I think we even had a video of someone who was receiving their hearing in this nation that he was in. And in, in that moment, it was even reminding us, uh, like, I remember our first time to go to Asia in 2010, and our Thanksgiving break was spent in Asia, and we were in this small village in the middle of nowhere, and, and all of a sudden, we're praying for this, this very elderly woman to receive our hearing. Now, some, sometimes there's the situations of, of born that way or illnesses and diseases. And then sometimes it's just old age. Anybody with me? Like, you're just like, I, I'm feeling this, this actual deafness because I've just been listening to heavy metal for too long. And like, now it's catching up to me. Like, that's just, that's just me. And uh, so I'll blame the music, right? It's not old age, actually. Let me correct myself. It's the music's fault. It's not old age. And sometimes, even in this natural, because we, we, we're in this broken, fallen world and these decaying bodies that don't last forever, that, and here we are in another nation and praying for this, this elderly woman, probably in her 80s, all of a sudden is receiving her hearing. God is healing her in this situation. And, and our eyes are being opened to what God can do. And it's, it's, oh my goodness, the miracles that God does still today, and even restoring this woman's hearing. Well, then then how much more can we not go home and my wife to pray for her parents to receive their hearing? There's so much more I can say about this and, and she would go through this, this process, this, this faith walk of her own parents, my in-laws. I'm praying Part of me kind of wanted it to come true because then she couldn't pick on me as much with talking in sign language to her mom, talking about me without me knowing. And always, always having me, or telling her, her mom that like I said something I didn't say for her mom to like hit me on the shoulder and get me in trouble. <laughs> this issue of deafness. And even if we're not feel, dealing with it in old age, let's, let's be real for a moment that we have all experienced a level of deafness throughout our life. Some of you right now, you have little kids and you know that that kid chooses and when they are deaf and not deaf based on how they respond to the instruction you give them. <laughs> we become teenagers and we're deaf to our teachers. We become young adults and we're deaf to our bosses. We become middle-aged and we're deaf to our spouses. <laughs> like, there's always something that we're probably processing in our deafness too. We become older generations and we become deaf to the new generations. Like, there's a level of deafness that we all face in this life. And there's a, a moment of, of that we're all dealing with in this deafness. But, but we are not intended to be deaf to God. But yet so many of us and so much of my life has been a struggle to know and hear the God who loves me. Maybe you're here today and this is, this is an easy process and, uh, and, and maybe it hasn't always been and you just finally got to a place. I'm, I'm in a place now where I've heard God so much, but I'm in a place where I'm like desiring to hear God even more. And so what does that look like and how do I process that even, even for me and, and how do I go about that? I want to I wanna hear. Do you want to hear? A God who created you, who loves you. We find back in the story of Mark chapter 7, verse 33, the story continues. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. Say alone. That is so important. 
He put his, it's definitely important to hear that before you hear this. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Some of you are like, I don't know if I actually want that miracle now. Like, uh, and then we keep going. Then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just live with this. I'll be okay. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ebfatha, which means be opened. Instantly, don't worry, I won't have you repeat that word. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Part of me wanted to take a, a long rabbit trail and, and, and deal with this, this issue of this, this connection. This will be next week, this connection between the man's deafness and the man's inability to speak. And we know that to be true and having deaf in-laws and my wife's parents, their inability to speak because of their inability to hear and how that would affect their communication. But focusing on verse 33, Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. He led him away from the noise, away from the people, away from the distractions, away from the commotion, possibly away from the naysayers and the negativities of those that were around because I don't know about you, I've had enough of those crowds in my life who prevented me from hearing what Jesus wanted to say to me because of the people around me. I loved, I was on vacation last weekend and my sister, uh, one of my sisters, uh, was getting married up in North Washington. The state of Washington had never been before it was so beautiful. And uh, so we're in South Washington. And we drive up on the day of the wedding. We're, thankfully, we had family there. So we're able to stay with my wife's aunt and, and, uh, and stay there in South Washington. So we had a four-hour drive from the southernmost part of Washington to the northernmost part of Washington. We were so far north Washington that apparently my phone hit a, a cell tower in Canada. And all of a sudden, Verizon is texting me about international data, uh, travel stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still in Washington. I did not cross the border, I think. Uh, but, uh, and, and we're there in, in the drive home. All of a sudden, we're, we're in the mountains and the trees. And we're, we're in um, our aunt's vehicle. And all of a sudden, we're finding the radio's not working in the vehicle. The thing had a six-disc CD changer, for those of you old enough that not only experienced deafness, you remember CDs, and I had a six-disc CD changer with no CDs in it, <laughs> and, uh, and then didn't have the normal connections that I'm used to in my vehicle, and had an aux cable, but I don't carry an aux cable anymore. My phone doesn't even have a headphone jack anymore, and also I felt we found ourselves in a situation that we had no noise, no distractions. We had God's creation all around us of these amazing trees and mountains and river flowing. And we're here in Washington. And all of a sudden it created this opportunity for me and my 19 year old to have some of the most amazing conversation that we've had in a long time. Sometimes for us to be able to have these encounters and these experiences, we need to find a way to escape. And we live in a world that is of constant noise and distraction. Even if it's not negativity and it's, I'm watching my, my new show and, and binging that or whatever. Like we got to Washington and like download them all for offline play because I don't know if I got internet. I don't know what it's going to be like in the mountains. And, like, and so some of my downtime was just binging the new 
uh, the new show. I won't even say what show it is, but the new show and, uh, and, and loving that. But it's the distractions that are present in this world. Do you know that we were not created to know about the elections in every single community of every single state of every single country that exists? And yet we're so bombarded that we're supposed to know what happens 20 hours away in a whole nother community that has no effect on us. And yet we live in a world of such expectation of mass knowledge, mass involvement. And Jesus, even in this situation, said, let's go over here so that we can be alone. Can we find that alone time in our lives? C.S. Lewis said, what you see and what you hear depends a great deal on where you are standing. It also depends on what sort of person you are, but a great, a great deal on where you are standing, where we are standing in the possibility of hearing our God. And, and so too often I find myself standing in those places of negativity and pessimism and crowds and noise. And these are, these are things that we know to be true deep down inside of us. Imagine with, with me for a moment that, that, you're, that you're driving, if you've not become so used to it, that you're driving and you're trying to find someone's house. Even with GPS sometimes, it's like, here's the house, and you're still trying to look, try to find the house number. And, and, and you're pulling up, and what is the innate thing that you most likely do to the radio as you're trying to find what you're looking for? You turn the radio down. What is that inside of us that knows that we need to decrease the distraction to be able to focus on what we need? That there's this thing that we all do that we weren't taught to do, but yet this is a thing that we do, is we eliminate the distraction. And yet so much of my life, even as an introvert and as an Enneagram 5 and my personality type is still sometimes fearful of the silence and fearful of the solitude and fearful of those places. I can only imagine for certain other personality types where it may be even more difficult and challenging in those ways. We don't have a lot of details of the situation that Jesus is in, but we absolutely see that aloneness was absolutely a part of it. And part of me wants to think, but the people, the people, they're the ones saying, Jesus, will you heal him? Will you come to him? Will you perform this miracle? Surely that they're walking in faith, but are they? So often we assume certain things about the people that are surrounding Jesus and expectations. Maybe they did believe in the miracle, but maybe it was also like one of those situations where it's like, oh yeah, come on, uh, perform this miracle and prove who you are. Or just that thing of I'm just trying to get my miracle and move on. And I believe this because as I look at just the next chapter in Mark chapter 8, verse 14, surely the disciples believed. Why would Jesus need to get away from the disciples to perform this miracle? And even the disciples that we find in Mark 8, 14 says, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. <laughs> forgotten. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. It's an important statement there that, I, that stood out to me. As this 
At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, what are you arguing? Why are you arguing about having no bread? Do you not understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes but can't see? You are like the very idols. The idols don't have to be made of gold and silver. The idols can be made of food and commodities and, and uh, the, the treasures that we carry on earth. My car could be my idol. My TV show can be my idol, whatever it might be. You have ears but can't hear. Don't you remember anything at all? How easily... We forget how easily we as people can forget. And even in moments where we've, we've come through the process of, of hearing God, we've come through the process of overcoming our deafness in life. We were far from God and we, we found ourselves in church and receiving Jesus as our savior. And we experienced the freedom and a new life that he promised like never before. And then at some point we encounter deafness again and we fall back into the very traps and addictions and sins that we got out of, that we got away from. And we find ourselves in a place of needing a miracle of hearing once again. What is it that we need to look to again? What is it we are willing to do again to receive this miracle? Are we willing to get the distance? Are we willing to find the silence? And one of my concerns that I've seen too much in my own life, and, and we find this, so we mentioned there in the Pharisees and of Herod, beware of the yeast of Herod. And we find just before our story, when we go, so we started in seven, we went to chapter eight, and now we go back to chapter six. And this was so interesting to me because in Mark chapter six, verse 20, it says, for Herod respected John, speaking of John the Baptist, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him until a certain moment. But it says, Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. It's interesting how the, the Bible has no relevance today. Today, surely we don't have politicians trying to be close to religious power for the sake of, oh, I like to hear this, but not let this change me or affect me. No relevance whatsoever in the Bible today, by the way. In my sarcasm, I hope you catch that. I thought it was so interesting that Herod, oh, I like to be around the religious man and hear what, is, what he has to say and hear these teachings, but absolutely Herod did not let these teachings affect who he was or change what he did. There was a level of deafness even in hearing. So often we think we come into spaces and just because we're listening to something that we're hearing something. And there's an important distinction that just because we listen, I've been to church enough times in my life listening to what was being said and what was being sung and what was being preached and what was being encouraged and still walked out of church to the same person because I never heard what God was saying to me. It's the danger of the church today, but it's the danger that's always been and it's not changed and are we going to be people who hear God, not just listen to God? Herod, in this situation, may our desire to hear be matched by our desire to obey. And that we are 
able to hear. And as a pastor, I would much rather have the desire for your life to be you be able to hear the Holy Spirit seven days a week than to listen to me for one hour a week. Because the greater impact in your life is not going to be me standing up here and preaching for a little bit of time each and every Sunday or on rotation and our other pastors. We have different people every week. But it's going to become, it's going to come through your walk. It's going to become the discipleship here at the Life Church. We absolutely desire and, and seek to have a discipleship path and, and process to, to help each and every person, including myself, of, of, of coming through and growing and, and learning and, 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 and being discipled in the ways of Jesus. But the, the Holy Spirit is a much better leader than I am. And your ability to hear God in your own lives, in your own walks, in your own moments is so much more valuable than you even in this space. I'm not saying don't come to this space. By the way, we still have church next week, 1030. Like it's still going to happen. And it's part two, so you don't want to miss it. It's going to be better than this part. I'm, I'm kind of like preparing away and, and doing the John the Baptist thing here. I'm finding myself, even in this season, I, I, I've been very... I've been very convicted, not condemned, but convicted even in this season. I, I, I told my wife, we went on vacation, and, and I said, okay, no video game controller goes to, on vacation with us. I'm leaving the video games behind because I'm recognizing uh, an issue in my life that's creating a deafness. And I'm like, I need to eliminate this distraction, this crowd, this noise. And so I, I left the video game controller behind. And, and then we were at Gateway Marriage Conference and, and, um, and we're there and, and I'm, I'm waiting and there's a whole big story. But anyway, I, I'm there in the foyer and we're waiting for one of the sessions and I'm there and all of a sudden there's a particular app on my phone and I won't say the app because I don't want... I'll, I'll let you be led by the Holy Spirit if there's an app that you need to delete. I won't tell you which app I did. But in that moment, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, man, just no hesitation. Just all of a sudden, I just deleted the app. I was frustrated anyway. Why am I going to walk in this frustration <laughs> and continue to frustrate myself by choice? Let's just delete the frustration and the source of this issue and, uh, and delete this app. And my wife and I are talking about certain practices of just what we're doing and giving our time to. And I love someone at Gateway Conference, the marriage conference, uh, made a correlation of what I spend my time on and what I invest my time to. That time is getting spent one way or the other, but it, be, it can become an expenditure of something that creates nothing in return and is just spent and gone, which can be fine. But what's even more valuable, though, is what I invest my time to. And I felt in these moments, and there's all these moments that kept speaking to it. And I loved because in this moment, all of a sudden, I deleted my app off my phone. And then literally the next message, the next session that we were in, all of a sudden, they were speaking about this level of distraction. Which, by the way, just felt me, helped me feel better about that I did it before. I obeyed. <laughs> But that's the thing, because hearing God often creates these moments and experiences in our own lives. When we're able to obey before the situation, before the occurrence, before even the negative response or result of our decisions and choices comes, that we're able to hear and obey before that takes place. Maybe I did hear God. Maybe I'm not deaf. Maybe I am 
in this place, this desire to hear God. It's so very important. So my wife spent years praying for her parents. <laughs> she was reminding me that she would sometimes even, even pray, even they're both Christians and, and, and they have their walk and this and that, but she would even pray for them without them knowing <laughs> and trying to pray for, for this miracle in their life to take place. And we'd walk this moments of her mom who passed away almost two years ago. It'll be two years in January. And her mom never receiving this miracle. And my wife there with her mom on her deathbed, passing away from cancer. It's my wife's birthday. Her mom would pass away the very next day. And my wife is singing to her mom in this moment, the hospice there. And after my wife was done singing, all of a sudden there was a look from her mom with no confirmation, but for only her to know and believe by the power of God inside her that her mom could hear her in that moment. That a miracle was taking place before her mom passed away the next day. My wife was at a, a conference, a worship conference after that. And in the midst of this conference, she encountered a deaf man at a worship conference. Of all places, he's at a worship conference and, and he's there and he's signing. And, and, and all of a sudden, my wife has this amazing conversation with a stranger who is deaf. And in that moment, he's talking about his life and his experience. And he makes a statement that in all his life, because here's a man, a Christian, who ex believes in the God of miracles, but is in this place. And, and he makes a statement of, I cannot hear, and I'm not going to get this right in my emotions right now, but he, he makes a statement about not being able to hear in the natural, but he can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And how important and powerful that is in his life, that even a man who is deaf and can't hear you and me, but can hear God. It's that important to a deaf person. I love this picture of Jesus taking him away. Jesus, the man here in Mark 7, to step away, away from the crowd. And for Jesus in this moment, because when Jesus says, when I heal your hearing, I'm going to be the first thing, the first person that you're going to hear after that. And the beauty of God in this moment to heal. We have a God who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, not just to die for us, but to show us what God says. God says, Jesus is what I have to say to the world. Will you hear it? And that Jesus comes as the voice of God, speaking truth, speaking love and healing people and creating miraculous works. And Jesus says, even I, when I leave, will give you something even more greater than what I have to offer in this moment. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. God does not just want to hear us. He is absolutely a God of hearing. But he's a God who wants us to hear. And not just from his word, just from the Bible, just from the preaching, just from the worship. 
But I believe that we all have a God who created us, who planned us, who purposed us. And even like deaf people we've known in our lives who can't hear in the natural, he still wants them as well as us to hear his voice and to know him in a unique way as sons and daughters. Sometimes we need to take steps in our own life though. Move away. Doesn't mean you have to completely ditch the crowd, but maybe find moments of silence, moments of aloneness, moments of solitude, moments of less noise, less distraction. Maybe you've done that enough and in your life, you're, you've done it enough times that you've absolutely, you've heard God so often. Maybe if you ever see me taking notes during worship on my phone, like I'm probably writing down when I feel like God's telling me in that moment. I'm not texting somebody. I'm not in trouble. But it's those moments that even during worship, what are those moments for you? Have you had those moments and maybe you've lost them? Have you never had those moments to begin with? This is my prayer as a, as a pastor. I like how Abraham Heschel said, my ultimate goal was, uh, was to bid us all to hear that God lives, loves, and hears in spite of his utter hiddenness. That even in the moments where it seems maybe silent, God is there. And not only is God listening to you, God wants you to hear him. Are you in that place of wanting to hear God? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just process for moments. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What is the Holy Spirit leading you in and guiding you in? Actions, steps, maybe a speaking that the Holy Spirit was saying, but there is too much noise to hear. And you were just like you were in your car and you need to turn down the radio. Just say in your spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? What are you saying to me right now? Father, I thank you that you are a God who sees, who touches, who feels, who moves. That you are a God unlike idols in the scenarios and situations and things that we create in our own lives, that you are so much greater, that you are so better. You are so much more loving and caring and nurturing and leading and guiding. And God, we thank you for being a God who hears. And as a God who hears, you've created people who hear. And not just in the natural, but that we would hear you. 
So God, I pray as you are speaking to each and every one of us that we would be open, that we would have hearts to receive and ears to hear and minds to be receptive to what you would have to say, what you would, how you would be leading us. And that we would be forever changed because of your love inside of us. We're going to stand in worship for a moment. I'll finish that prayer. But our prayer team is going to be available if you have any needs. And, and I would just impress upon you to take this time to continue to press in to the leading of the Holy Spirit and what God's saying to you in this moment, in this time. Sometimes the, the amount of noise is in our own heads. If you're anything like me, I've got enough negative noise that's happening in my own head to try to silence that noise, to be able to hear the Holy Spirit's was happening this moment with the red lights on the way here until my wife reminded me it's a good day. As she was speaking to me, as the Holy Spirit was using her to speak to me. Sometimes we just need that little bit of help. They're open to, to connect with somebody and to pray with somebody. And so we are here to walk with you, to lead you and guide you in the natural as well, but but during this final song, let's just press in. We're gonna stand in worship. If you wanna to pray to, to give your life to Jesus, if you've never prayed to Jesus to, to receive him into your life, our prayer team is gonna be available to, to lead you in that as well as myself and any of the pastors. And, and we're gonna sing the song and then we're gonna have uh, a couple of pieces of information at the end and uh, before we have dismissal. And, uh, and so God, we give this time to you. We continue to look up to you and ask you to speak to us as we worship who you are and praise your name above all other names. We ask you to move in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's stand and worship.